Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerville, a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Amen. So we're busy with our series Inward and Outward. In the last two weeks we've had a team from America come to share with us a few specific words um, and it was a blessing. I know all of you um, received something special over the last two weeks with uh, Jesus Church. But this morning we're kind of uh, jumping back into focusing on the theme of the Holy Spirit. And the series Inward and Outward is really about understanding what is in the inside of us and understanding how that's going to come to the outside. And our, uh, as an introduction, our foundation, one of the foundation scriptures for this series is Romans 8.19. And it says from the Passion... The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Now, that is such, a, such an amazing picture. The, the world is standing on tiptoe. Like you've seen, like a, there's, a, there's an anticipation, so to speak, that the world is waiting for. And you, you might be thinking to yourself, man, like this is, this is awesome. I'm excited. The world is standing on tiptoe. Etienne, go for it. I'm praying for Etienne to go for it, to preach the gospel, to go and like bring about the glory of God in his world and in his community and Grace Life Tigerberg. Man, Etienne's going to go for it. He's going to do this. Come on. Let's cheer him on. You're like sitting there in the crown like, Woo, go Etienne. No, 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 no. The world is waiting. Your world is waiting for you. The world, your world is waiting for God's glory in you to be revealed to them. And guess how that's going to happen? Not through you asking God to bring His glory through you. Through you coming to understand. Paul writes about this in Romans 12 and he says, Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to renew our minds, come to realize what is, and the more we realize what is, the more that is going to bring about change in how we're acting. As a man thinks in his heart, so easy. So it's really important to come to know these things because the world is waiting. Your world. You've got a world. I've got a world. There's the world in general, but you've got a world. You've got a sphere of influence that is waiting to see God's glory in you. God's glory in you is the Spirit of God. That is the glory of God. God's Spirit in you. It's already there. It's not something that's still going to come. It's already there. But your world is waiting for that glory to be revealed, for the unveiling of the glory to come to be. There is a beautiful picture. I love this picture. Um, we had a wedding on Friday. The bride was coming down the aisle, and she had a veil over her face. And you could kind of see vaguely how she looks, and she's beautiful, and it's a beautiful picture. But until she's unveiled, you don't see her for who she truly is. That is you out in your world. You are veiled, and you're not allowing God's glory to come to be. Now there's different things. It's a fear of man. It's a fear of rejection. It's all of these things that prevent us from, and oftentimes also the lack of knowledge, because what you don't know is hurting you. What you don't know is preventing you from doing something. Right? If you know something, you act on that something. If I told you, hey, I've got a a million dollars at my house, and it's hidden in my house somewhere, and it's up for a taking. For anyone who, who gets there after the meeting, please don't go now because then you'll be disqualified. Um, after the meeting, 
It's an amazing raise. Get to my house. Find the million dollars. It's yours. We're going to have no one stay behind in this meeting after we close. <laughs> because I've shared something with you, and that's something you receive, you go and act upon it. And that is what the Word of God is intended to be. It's, it's to show us not what we need to do, to show us who we are, because when we realize who we are, what the Word says about us, that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover, that we get to go out and preach the gospel and see people enter from darkness to light then we're going to respond to that and we're going to cooperate with that. And you're going to experience a fulfillment, a joy, a satisfaction that no work, no vacation, nothing in this world can bring you. I've experienced this. I've been to amazing places. Not that many amazing places. Like I haven't traveled the world, so to speak. But um, through various means and ways, uh, my wife and I, we've, for example... Um, we won a competition to go to a specific island in Mozambique. And it's this boutique island. There's nine chalets on the island. It's like a, a five-kilometer radius. It is beautiful. That was fun. But it was short-lived. It's momentarily. The lives that I've impacted, the gospel that I've shared, and see people come to light, the truth that I've shared with people in discipleship relationships, and see them take hold of that truth and see their lives transformed, that has given me a kick that nothing in this world has ever given me. That's given me a satisfaction, a joy, a peace that nothing in this world has ever given me. So I've walked this out. I've seen the application of this, of, of nice holidays, nice rest, money and all of this like i've seen these things but none of those things can bring you a joy a satisfaction a fulfillment a peace about you other than what the word and aligning our hearts and our lives with the word of god can give us trust that that bless someone so who's the holy spirit who is the Holy Spirit? And we often talk about, and I, I want to just encourage you guys, I might more talk about the Holy Spirit as a he, but the word doesn't say whether it's a he or she. So uh, if I say he, then it's just because it's easy for me because I'm talking in, in line with I'm a he as well. So I'll talk about the Holy Spirit as a he. But the word doesn't really say whether it's he or she. So that's just something I wanted to kind of put out there. Um, it's, it's, it's good to mention that it's not about a he or she when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is God. And so we need to start off with that. And we've kind of touched on it a little bit throughout the series. But this morning specifically, the Holy Spirit is God. And if the Holy Spirit is God and He's a representation of God, then He's going to represent the desires of God. And He's going to want to see God's desire come to pass, which is intimacy, relationship with all mankind. That's God's desire, ultimately. For all mankind to come to know Him receive the gift of salvation and grow in that that's simple that's the gospel that's god's desire and 1 timothy 2 verse 4 shows this to us that god's desire is for all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth and so the holy spirit desires to make that a reality and the holy spirit also as we've looked out continually makes us one with god but then from that oneness he enables us to be co-laborers with god that is something that we open up in prayer this morning. And God working through us, it's, it's not something that we need to see as a, as a burden, but it's a privilege, it's an honor. 
it's a privilege and an honor. Like, I'm trying to think like in sports terms, for example, if someone is selected to represent the, the, the Springboks or the Proteas or Bafana Bafana, whatever national kind of sports team, I'm pretty sure in their hearts they say like, man, this is a privilege, this is an honor. I get re to represent the country. And in the same way, we should see it a privilege and an honor to be chosen by God to represent Him, to be His ambassadors, to be co-laborers with Him in making this dream of His become a reality. And I'm, we often need to hear this because repetition is good. It helps us uh, set in truths in our hearts. But in heaven, you're not going to get to preach the gospel. In heaven, you're not going to get to see someone enter from darkness, enter into light. In heaven, you'll never see a miracle. Why? Because there's no sick person in heaven. There's no unsaved person in heaven. So you're on earth, the short life that you've got now, this is the only time that you get to shine. In heaven, there's not going to be needing for shining. In heaven, there's not going to be any darkness. So this is the only shot that you've got. To be a partaker in this. Being a partaker in making God's dream come to pass. And that is what we're getting on to today. The co-laboring that is intended for us through the Holy Spirit. So let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to look at a few verses here. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is about the, the gifts of the Spirit as, as it would maybe subtitle in, some, in the chapter for, for some of the Bibles that you're using. But it's not, it's not as much the gifts of the Spirit as much as it is the gift of the Spirit. And what I mean by that is we need to come to realize that we've got the gift, one gift, singular, the gift of the Spirit. And because we've got that gift, there's various abilities that He has for us. There's abilities. Because gift oftentimes is also seen as a like, cool, I got to get something and now I get to play with this. I get to use this and it's going to be fun for me. It's about me. Right? Oftentimes we see the gifts like that. Man, what is my gift? Like, how am I, like, it's very self-centered, self-seeking oftentimes. So I want to use the word abilities rather because now we understand that we've received the Holy Spirit, that one gift. And that one Holy Spirit has got abilities. And that abilities is intended for a specific purpose. And we're going to look at that and some of you already have drawn the, 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 the dots to what that purpose is. With the gift of the Spirit, we have life. Firstly, we need to understand with the gift of the Spirit that we've received, we have life transformational power on the inside of us. Say life transformational. Oh, you guys are awake. I thought some of you were going to miss that one. Um, so we've got this life transformational power on the inside of us. But again, that transformation is only going to come to be as we yield to and we surrender to that. Romans 12 again. As a response to God's love, surrender your lives. Yield your lives to the Holy Spirit. So that transformation only comes through yielding to, surrendering to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God has a desire to live out God's purposes and power through us in various ways. And we're going to look at those various ways in a moment. So these are the Spirit's abilities in 1 Corinthians 12, available to the believer. And it's not for selfish gain, but for kingdom gain. 
going to say that again. The abilities is not for selfish gain. It's for kingdom gain. Kingdom impact. So chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. From I'm going to mainly read from the message translation this morning. Uh, you're welcome to follow on the screen or else you can um, read from whatever translation you have in front of you. But I want to encourage you also, as we're going through the Word, as we often do, I want to encourage you to make notes, think about the Word, ask yourself some questions. Allow the Spirit to minister to you specifically and personally through the Word that I'm bringing about. The Word that I'm bringing about is going to be a general Word. At times I might be ministering to specific hearts as the Spirit is leading me. But I've prepared this Word as a general Word for us. And generally we're going to be blessed, we're going to be impacted by it. But the Spirit also wants to illuminate specific things to us personally and individually. And you might hear that through the Word, and you'd be like, wow, that's amazing, that's awesome. And then you kind of carry on with the journey and with me going to where I want to take us. But so when you get that moment, make a note of that and go and investigate and further meditate on what the Spirit is showing you through my Word and through the preparation. And then you can grow further in that. So verse 1. What I want you, or what I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Say informed. Say knowledgeable. So obviously in Paul making this statement, I want you to be informed, I want you to be knowledgeable, there's the flip side of that. Some people aren't knowledgeable, some people aren't informed. And that's why we need to get into the Word and get into this passage, for example, about the gifts and abilities of the Spirit so that we can be informed and knowledgeable. He goes on to say, Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everyone else did it. Anyone do something before because someone else has done it? I'm putting up my hand. Anyone still doing something today because something has been done for hundreds of years? Just because, right? Because it's, there's a reason we are called sheep and Jesus is the shepherd. What do sheep do? One sheep goes, the other one goes. And, and it's awesome. It's, it's good. And there's a, there's, a, there's a benefit in that if the sheep are going in the right direction, right? And so Paul makes a statement, just doing things because everyone else did it. No. I'll come back to that. It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence. Say intelligence. What is that intelligence for? Not to feel better about yourself. It's not to become puffed up in knowledge or intelligence because that is also what uh, Paul talks against. But he says, use your intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. To seek to understand. So what is the topic here? The abilities of the Spirit. The purpose of the Spirit. We need to seek to understand. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus be damned, nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is Master, without the insight of the Holy Spirit. What does all of this mean? God's Spirit is leading we talk about sheep now leading and just following, is leading will never contradict the will of God. The Spirit's leading will never contradict the will of God, which is the Word of God. Because if you want to find out what's God's will, you go to the Word. He's made it plain for us. 
God's will is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is the will of God. God's will is for all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of truth. That is the will of God. It is plain. It is simple. So the Spirit of God is there to support and bring to pass His will in us and out of us. So what is this out of us? How is this going to come to be? Let's continue reading verse 4 to 11 from the message. God's various gifts or abilities, let's replace the word gifts there for abilities. God's various abilities are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God Himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between Spirit, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. Okay, so a few questions to think about. This is like a, um, a comprehension. We've read a passage of Scripture now. I'm going to ask you a few questions on this passage of Scripture. Those of you who enjoyed comprehension, you'll do well now. I enjoyed comprehension. It was simple. It was basic. You read. The answers are there. They ask you questions. Go and find the answer. So the first question, who is behind it all? God is behind it all. Right? The Spirit of God is behind it all. Who has something to do? Everyone. Everyone has something to do. Are you an everyone? If you're sitting here and you can hear my voice, you are an everyone. Whether online, whether in the mother's room, whether listening to this uh, uh, after this recording, you are an everyone. What is the purpose behind the doing? Everyone gets to do something. What is the purpose? This is a little bit more. You have to dig a little bit more. What is the purpose behind this doing? Can't you? Expand the kingdom. Showing who He is. That is what expanding His kingdom is about. Showing who He is. Who benefits? Everyone benefits. You will benefit. The people that you're ministering to will benefit. Whether it's the family of God, whether it's the unbeliever out there. Everyone will benefit. There's a variety. There's a diversity of gifts that is listed here, mentioned there. But it's the same goal. It's the same outcome, the same desire for everyone to benefit, to show who He is. Not for you to have fun. A lot of people aren't having fun. It's not fun to be beheaded for what you believe. It's not fun to have a family member persecuted to death for preaching the gospel. It's not a call to fun. Living the Christian life is not a call to fun. Now you might enjoy it and you might experience a fulfillment and a satisfaction in that. But it's not about fun. It's not about having fun. It's about having God's will come to pass here on earth. Seeing people who are living for eternity be able to live for eternity with a loving Father and God. There's an urgency and we need to stir this urgency because people are dying without knowing Jesus. And so you know something. If you're sitting here this morning, if you've been part of this family for a while, or if you've been a Christian for a period of time, 
You know something and you carry something that is life transformational. Now the question is, what are you doing with that something? What are you doing with that something when you are in meetings where there's people that you know that they don't know there's something that you know? And again, there's various things that might prevent you from sharing this and various things that might cause you to rather like kind of step back and allow darkness to run rampant. And that is what ha- what's happening in a town like Klein Jan, Jan Kemdorp. Klein Jan, what a, like Jan Kemdorp. That is what's happening in a town like that. People are withholding. People are afraid to shine the light of God. And that world, that community is waiting for the sons of God for the glory of God to be shone through them, to be revealed through them. And then I'm not saying that every believer in Jan Kempdorp is, is, uh, is, is not playing their part and they're passive and they, they, they need to repent. Like I'm not speaking ill of them. But it's plain to see that the only thing that brings about change in this world, it's not better leadership, it's not better pol- uh, 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 political government, it's none of those things. But it's the preaching of the gospel. It's people coming to know their identity in God and what they've been created for in this earth. That brings about change in government. That brings about change in leadership. It's people coming to realize who their God is and surrendering to His leading. Then Paul goes on. And so we've established a few things, that the, 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 the ability of the, of the Spirit, there's diversity, there's variety of different things, but they all have the same person sh- or, or purpose, showing who He is. And we all get to benefit then. Verse 11 from the Passion, I just want to read that quickly, and it says, Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as He chooses for each believer. Again, we started off by asking this question, who is the Holy Spirit? And what's his purpose? What is his intent? His intent, his purpose, is the same as God's intent and purpose. Because it's one God. And that is for the world to be saved, to come to knowledge of the truth. Now it's important here, when it talks about as he chooses, we need to ask this question. Does that then mean that some people only get this gift, some people only get that gift, some people only have this ability, some people only have that ability? What does this mean as He chooses? Through God was sharing the, the, some of the, the, the things that He shared, that man that He ministered to had specific needs. Guess who knows exactly what the answer is to those needs? Is it the Holy Spirit? So if the Holy Spirit knows exactly what that person needs in that specific moment, what is He going to give you to minister to that person? Exactly what you need. So it's not about, okay, Devon gets this gift, Ilana gets this gift, now they need to kind of go and try and fulfill things, and if they meet someone who doesn't need that gift, ah, Devon, you're not the guy today. Yolanda comes into a meeting, she only has the gift of healing, but this person needs a miracle. Ah, not today, Yolanda. We'll have to wait for someone else. You've got one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, with a variety of abilities, and whatever the occasion needs, you'll have it. That is what it means that as He chooses for each moment, because He knows better than we know it, we are 
carnal oftentimes in our stepping out. So we want to minister from carnality. We see someone looking sad and we want to minister joy or happiness to them. But that might not be what they need. But the Holy Spirit will show you and will equip you for that specific moment to minister exactly into the area that they need ministry in. I hope that cleared up some things for some people who thought that you only have specific abilities or specific gifts and you can't do it all and you can't be the evangelist because X, Y, and Z. No, there's a world to be, to be reached and whatever the world around you needs, you'll be able to be that because you've got the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of you. And it's going to look different for each person, but different doesn't mean that uh, unequipped or or um, lacking just means you're going to do it in a different way but the enabling is there so then Paul goes on and he he shares a, a few cool things about the body and we're going to skip down to verse 19 and he shares some practical illustrations of how a body works how it operates the hands the eyes the ears all being in place and I want to jump down to verse 19 quickly Nineteen to twenty says, "But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are part of." Can I read that again? For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you are part of. So he's making this conclusion. He's drawing this conclusion. In light of the body, the different members, hands, feet, ears, eyes, some might seem more significant in this, this, this picture or this analogy of the body, right? You might think that your eyes are more significant than your ears, or your, your, your eyes are more significant, a better example, your eyes are more significant than your um, appendix. Right? Some people's appendix get removed, so obviously in... In proportion to your eyes, you can go without an appendix, right? So this is the analogy. So he's drawing this conclusion that, yes, some parts might seem to have more significance, but it's not about that. It is about what you are part of that makes it significant. The body has one purpose. What is your body's purpose? No, I'm, not, no, I'm not talking about the church and, and this analogy. What is your body's purpose? If you have to choose one single purpose that your body has, what is that? Some examples, some answers? To be alive. Your body is created to stay alive. So if a virus comes against your body, your body will do anything to resist that virus. Your body will fight for survival. So your body, different members, different so many different functions, but it's got one purpose, to stay alive. The same with the church of God. There's various gifts, various abilities, but one single purpose. And that's God's kingdom. For men to come to realize, know Him intimately. And us all experience that intimacy and growing into the transformational church that He designed and talks about us to be. So no matter what your your, your, your function is today within the body because there's different functions, but we all have the same spirit, the same ability. So it doesn't matter what function you are walking in today. It's not about the function, but it's about what you are part of. 
An, an, an enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each is proper size and its proper place. No part is important on its own. That's, a, that's an encouraging word. You cannot walk in significance on your own. We were called and created to function in this together. There's no lone ranger. There's no call to lone rangerism. I know it's not a word, but bear with me. There's no call to isolation. There's a call to family. To be part of family. Because it's in us being part of family that we can draw from one another. We can rub off on one another. We can learn from one another in stepping out. We can challenge one another in the truth of the word. So he goes on to talk about this. And a few more uh, illustrations, verse 21 to 24. I'm going to skip over that. But then Paul summarizes for us what this body analogy is all about. Verse 25. And we're going to close verse 25 to 31. Still in the message and it says, The way God designed our bodies is a model. So saying this is an analogy. Now, there's a lot of things that we can, and this is just an encouragement and a, a Bible teaching kind of growing and studying the word, um, word of encouragement. When analogies or parables and things like that is used within the Bible, we can get a lot of things and make up a lot of cool things from those analogies, from those parables, right? When Jesus talks about the, the, the four swirls in Mark, there's a specific purpose that he's addressing. He's addressing a heart issue there. Now, we can go and talk about farming and take things literal in that sense. But that is not the purpose of the analogy. The purpose of this analogy, even though he's talking about diversity and he's talking about various abilities within the body, not everything about your body is going to be applicable to this analogy. Understanding the biology and the science behind your body. Not all of that is going to be applicable to the situation. So what am I getting at? Don't go on side tracks and make the parable or, or the analogy that is being used. Don't use it and make up a whole new different thing. Look at what the author intended to communicate and keep it at that. That is important for us to understand. Allow the author of the parable to dictate and determine what the purpose of that is. That just makes sense, right? If Paul, the author of this chapter, if he came up with this a parable and this analogy, then he had a purpose for that. So what is that purpose? He summarizes this for us and he shares with us what the conclusion, what this all boils down to. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the, uh, the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. Verse 27. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Why is he saying we must never forget this? Because we forget this. It's very easy. It's not complicated. We must never forget this. 
Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Highlight. Plant in your heart. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Outside of the body, your part does not mean anything. I know that blesses someone and that makes someone very upset. If it's not here, then someone online somewhere listening to this. How, how, do we, how do we miss this? Because it's so simple to understand that my body here, as I'm moving around, no, no part is staying behind there. Like here, the whole body is moving towards this pulpit over there, and then I'm moving on to this side over here. My hands, my feet, my fingers, my ears, my eyes, everything is moving in a specific direction. And then we kind of get into church, family, and community, and the mission, and the vision, and then it's like, one part's going that way, and the other part's going that way, and you guys get the picture. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in His church, which is His body. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, those who pray in tongues. But it's obvious by now. So here now He lists a few specific abilities again. But the message translation just summarizes this so beautifully for us. So he lists these different abilities again, those who pray in tongues. And we've already established, and it's important to, to read things within context, to, to, to understand the Word of God in its entirety. Because as we open up already, that it's one spirit and various abilities, and whatever the occasion needs, that is what you have. That's why oftentimes, even for, for myself, that the... The gift and the ability of pastoring, it was always there, but it's, it's, it's become more apparent and more visible since I entered into and we planted the, 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 the campus here at Grace South Tigerberg. So depending on the season of life that you're in and the things that you might be entering and venturing on, the giftings and abilities might be more stronger within those seasons that you are in currently. And so that's just an awesome illustration. And before pastoring, like evangelism was definitely one of the key things that I was kind of venturing on and I was going for it. And it was because I was also in a season where, for example, Catherine and my wife were staying in Cape Town. I was staying at Stellenbosch at that time. We didn't have transportation. So I took the train from Stellenbosch to Cape Town like on a, on a weekly basis. And guess what? I got to meet some interesting people on the train. And guess what? I ministered the gospel. So evangelism was something that I was continually dabbling in and growing in. And it doesn't mean I'm less evangelical today, but I've got a different focus today. And so just to show you again that whatever the, the need is in a specific moment, in the specific season that you find yourself in, or the specific person that's sitting on the other side of the table of you, whatever they need, you've got the answer to that need, and the Spirit is going to show you. But it's obvious now, so he lists another few different abilities, but it's obvious by now, isn't it? Let's see what is obvious or what should be obvious. That Christ's church is a complete body and not a gigantic, undimensional part. It's not all apostle. This is cool. None of the other translations make this, this, this so plain. Let me quickly look at the, the King James. I love the King James. Let's see quickly um, 
the King James says it like this. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has said some, and then he lists the, the different uh, things there. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. So he's kind of asking this question. It's like, are, are all apostles, are all uh, um, pastors, are all teachers? Almost as if like, yeah, obviously not all can be. Some are going to be this, some are going to be that. But it's cool how the message says this, and he, it's almost making a statement of like, how does it say it? It's not all apostle. It's not all, oh, I'm the apostle, oh, I'm the pastor. It's not all apostle. It's not all teacher. That's not what it's about. It's not about the function. Because we often make it about the function, right? Ah, like, my, my, and we, this is amazing. We, we often ask this question within uh, leadership meetings. What is your greatest function within the body? What is the... The highest, the, the, the tip of the mountain that you could reach as a believer within the body. And if you, if you haven't been in those meetings and you, and you haven't kind of ventured with us on this understanding, you might say like, maybe like it's, it's the pastor and then, or it's the apostle first and then it's the pastor and then the evangelist or the evangelist. It's whatever God has called you to. That is your highest calling. It's not a specific thing that we look at and we see. It's whatever God is calling you to in whatever the setting that you find yourself in or the season you find yourself in, whatever is needed for that, that is your highest calling for that moment. It's not about these specifics. It's not all apostle. It's not all prophet. It's not all miracle worker. Not all healer. Not all prayer in tongues. It's not about those things. And he says, and yet some of you keep competing for so-called important parts. But now I want to lay out a far better way for you. Guess what happens to chapter 12? It continues on in chapter 13. It's not the end of a letter. It's, there's a continuation of this letter. And we're not going to get into chapter 13 because I think all of us know what chapter 13 is about. It's about love. He starts off the chapter by talking about like, if you're going to do all of these amazing things without understanding love, without the motivation of love, it is pointless. It's about love. It's about understanding God's love for every individual that you meet. That is the better way. Let's not get sidetracked. Let's not get, get into deception thinking that it's about a specific part, a specific role. No, it's about God's Spirit in you, having given you all of the various abilities. And you might grow in the abilities. You might come to understand them more and more as you put yourself into specific situations. But, excuse me. But every ability has got a specific purpose. Showing who God is. Whatever the ability, whatever the function, the end goal should show who God is. God's Spirit in us brings about a supernatural unity that no man can define and no man can break. That is the body. One unity. And this is unity with Him firstly, as we receive the Spirit of God, a unity with Him and a unity with one another. And that's why unity is such a, a thing that the devil comes against wanting to, to break 
Because if there's no unity, there can be no work to be done, or the work is not going to be fulfilled. His Spirit in us is a rich source of power for a specific purpose. So when you read this, this letter again in a specific chapter, don't get, get sidetracked with the specifics. Realize what the end goal is. His Spirit is a rich source of power for a specific purpose. And that purpose is for us personally knowing Him, and through knowing Him, helping other people come to know Him. Whatever the ability, it's for His kingdom. It's not for selfish gain. It's all about love. Jesus gave because of love. Jesus came because of love. And so the Spirit of God in us wants to demonstrate, wants to be revealed to our worlds, experiencing the love of God, experiencing the forgiveness of Jesus, and enjoying that friendship, that relationship, which will bring about the way that they do business, would bring about the way that they raise their children, would be a, bring about change in the way that they relate with other people. It's the love of God that leads people to repentance. It's God's love. It's the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. So the Spirit of God is always going to want to bring about that for people encountering the gospel, the love of Christ. If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, please contact us at info at or visit us at gracelife.co.